Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. The audio market has always been a cornerstone of the custom integration industry, but certain segments within it are especially hot these days. CE Pro's Bob Archer gathered savant Steve Silberman, Audio Control's Alex Kamara, and Paul Botchner, who runs New Jersey-based integration firm Electronic Concepts, to discuss where the market is headed, how to sell to younger consumers, and other product trends impacting home audio's growth in this week's podcast episode. Hi, I'm Bob Ancher. I'm Senior Editor with CE Pro Magazine. And today I have an illustrious panel of audio experts here to talk about the future of audio. I have Paul Boch, owner and president of Electronic Concepts in Rochelle Park, New Jersey. How you doing, Paul? How's it going, Bob? I have Steve Silberman from Savant. Steve, how you doing? Great. Good to see you, Bob. Steve, by the way, is a uh, uh, business development audio um, is his title at Savant. And I have Alex Camara, CEO of Audio Control. How are you doing today, Alex? Uh, I'm great, Bob. Good to be here. Thanks, Thanks for asking. Thank you. We are going to dive into a topic that will spawn endless debate, but we're going to try to tackle this within within a relatively short amount of time. So with that being said, I want to get right into this. And I'll start with you, Paul. What is the current state of the home audio market, in your opinion? Uh, you know, I think it's stronger. I think it's stronger than it's been in a long time, you know, mainly because people are home and actually in front of some of their stuff for a while. Um, I think the demand for it is getting better. Uh, I think that some of the things you and I have spoken about in the past are that, um, you know, maybe the marketing side isn't as strong as we would love it to be, but I think it's there. I think, you know, there's a, we have a duty to do right now and give people what they need and help educate them on, you know, on the performance audio side of things. Okay. Alex, from your perspective as CEO of audio control, where do you think the audio market is currently here in 2021? I love, I love Paul's going back perspective. I mean, for us, a reset has happened. There's been a reset in the market in the last year, no doubt about it, you know, you know through all generations, but particularly through, I think, millennial, Gen Y, Gen X, where, you know, people are at home more, that they were different experiences, what they were doing outside the home, they brought into the home, and they're realizing, I think, for the first time, many people, that actually this can be an awesome entertainment, entertainment experience, both myself in the home itself and with my friends who are maybe aren't with me. So that experience in the home has been, I think, just re, uh, refound during the last year of COVID, let's face it, you know, and I think people are looking for that to really generate from there. I think there's a massive opportunity um, in gaming, you know, in music, in live events, you know, I mean, something, you know, something like, you know, Twitch itself. I was at a, an event uh, about two weeks ago that we were, we were hosting and it was on Twitch and it was in, I think it was in like 18, 18 homes, you know, across, you know, some friends and so on. And it was a live DJ performing, performing a live concert for, for these families. And the experience was great. And there was an interesting comment that some people had amazing performance to take Paul's point and others, it was a little, you know, they go like, wow, I, I need something better than this. So I think we're at the start of a regrowth. I really believe that. Steve, how do you see the market? It's, it's diverging. You know, if you look, if you just look at the analytics, right, you look at CT, CTA or NPD data, Non-smart audio is flat 2019 through 2020. And there are these aberrative moments like Paul is in the perfect position. He's poised for that, that well-heeled Gen X customer that 
they've wanted they've wanted a Macintosh system their whole lives, and this is the year to do it. I'm at, they're at home and they're or an audio control system. <laughs> What's that? Or an audio control system. <laughs> well, hold on, I get to that. So this is where I'm talking about. There's this there's a divergence, right? So we see c- consumer electronics as we think about consumer electronics as a traditional category, it's flat. But what we're seeing is smart smart audio related products are up 14%. So we're starting to see this divergence where there's the markets are all healthy. Like there's nothing wrong with, with traditional consumer audio being flat. It's flat at a very high dollar value. But what we're seeing is we're seeing this acceleration in, in any audio component that is, is, is smart, that has intelligence built into it. So it's a really exciting moment right now. Okay, now we, we've already kind of alluded to this. Um, what, do you, uh, what do home audio companies need to do in order to gain acceptance with Gen X, as you alluded to already, Steve, as well as younger millennials and even going younger than that, Gen Z, who uh, are, are coming up rapidly in terms of pretty soon they'll, they'll have some buying power. Uh, yeah, we'll start with okay. you, Steve. So, yeah, so you got you to gotta, you gotta pay attention to where the market is going, right? 50% of all consumer dollars spent in audio are spent on soundbars, right? So we know regardless of what generation you sit in, whether you're, you're Gen Z, you're Millennial, you're X, or you're a Boomer, that there's just an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of money being spent um, in soundbar. But we also know that, that smart, smart home connected devices are really strong, right? We're seeing a 14% growth in that category alone. So, you know, if you're looking at, at getting adoption, you need to pay attention to what are the features, what are the types of solutions that customers across all these different generations are looking for. And so finding this ability to integrate those different needs together, it's, it's, a, really, it's a really good way to go, right? So that you can get new customers on board, give them what they want, but give them, give them a better version of anything they could have ever imagined. The other thing that you see is just, just the listening and the viewing habits across these different generations. So with, with Gen Z, they have this interesting consumption style where they want to consume the same content across multiple platforms. Gen Z wants to, they want to listen to their music and Spotify, and then they want to jump to YouTube and watch the same exact artists on YouTube. And then they want to go to their TikTok page. And then they want to go to their Instagram page and they want to circle back and land back in Spotify, where we don't see that with baby boomers and Gen X, you know, that's typically someone in, our, in, in my age group, they want to just, they want to sit in and listen on their, their streaming service and maybe they'll go look at the video, but they're not, they're not consuming the same music across so many different platforms. So as you're designing these products, or you're thinking about the market, you have to be, these, these products have to be addressable to all these different generations so that you can appeal to everyone. Okay, Alex, um... What are your opinions in, um, uh, in this area? How, how do we as an industry get uh, these various demographics to uh, um, accept and buy our products? You know, Bob, I think there's a, you know, Steve's right in, in much of what he said there. And I think I would extend it by saying there is a lot of uh, people who are reliant on the sandbar market today. Okay, definitely. It's a very good market. It's growing like crazy and so on. But it only takes you to a certain point. And I think part of that is education that's needed because people don't know what they don't know, you know. And I think a lot of the the, the millennials, Gen Gen X, Gen Y, you know, when they start to experience beyond a sandbar, when they start to experience, you know, um, a bigger system, when they start to get that whole immersive feeling, and let's not forget that immersive feeling is so powerful when they've got the goosebumps going. And I think part of that is people don't know, you know. And the second part of that, I think, 
is that we need to do some education around the fact that it doesn't need to be complicated. But I think a Gen X or a, or a younger consumer is not necessarily looking for a fully fledged theater yet, maybe in their life at all, but they want a great experience in their, in, their, in their main room, great experience in their living room. And I think, you know, that can be a simple 5.1, it can be a 7.1 system. You know, it doesn't need to be necessarily the biggest system, you know, yet. And I think when they experience that, and you're going to go back to this concert, this sort of in-home concert we had with friends, you know, across a bunch of houses recently, um, the, the people that had this amazing sort of diversification into, you know, that experience was, was were blown away. And I think I would extend on Steve's point, which is also that the content itself is driving some of that. You know, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Twitch, whether it's live concerts, you know, li live on uh, different streaming platforms, that's a large part of this as well, you know, and people want to be able to have that as a community. So I think this community feel and then bringing audio into that. And again, you know, headphones are part of, part of it, soundbars are part of it, but I think we have a great opportunity. And I think Paul's, you know, in a really, you know, interesting place at the moment to try and take that into the home, and particularly in the great room, particularly in the, you know, in those communal areas in the home where you can't necessarily bring, you know, 30 people into one home at the moment. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome experience and opportunity. Okay, Paul, I know you have some strong opinions on this very topic. Um, uh, can you share those opinions with the audience? Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to say, like, it's, it's perfect. Steve and Alex both answered, like, the two halves of what I would have went at from, from two different perspectives. I, uh, yeah, I agree with Steve. Like, we're giving the people what they want, right, and trying to give them a better product in that space is certainly where we should all strive to be, right? People are buying soundbars because we've allowed them to buy soundbars. And if we can get them to buy better soundbars, that would be great. Um, where I would trail off and go into more what Alex was saying about the education of that is I would love to educate people that that's not the only thing that we can get, right? Like there are other options. Um, you know, there are giant Dyn audios like behind Alex or Magico speakers behind me. And I think as an industry as a whole, you know, and this is integrator, this is manufacturer, this is medias, we're, we're not educating anymore. You know, high-end audio or performance audio video isn't sexy anymore. It's lost that, you know, it's lost that flair and it's lost that education, at least in the Gen Y, in the Gen X scenario. So, you know, I would love to see us all together pushing that, you know, yes, we got to push the sound bars and we got to push smart home and we got to push immersive theaters. Um, but we got to get back to this. This is cool. You know, people do still want this. We're just not putting it in front of them. We've kind of accepted the norm and I'm not okay with the norm anymore. I think, you know, we all got into this because we loved audio or yeah. we loved video or we love music or we love concerts. Um, you know, and we've gone so smart. And again, you know, I'm, we're a huge savant dealer, right? So Steve and I, Steve knows I'm coming from a place of both sides of this. Um, is that I feel like we're losing that performance feature. Like what I think is performance and what a typical Gen X or Gen Y or thinks is performance are so drastically far apart at this point, you know? So I would love to see us, you know, band together, you know, cry for, you know, a war cry of let's get back to this. Like, let's teach what performance is. There, there's, I agree with everything that you guys said. There's one of a couple of things I wanted to add. To I think seamless integration from on the go to in the home, how I use my music. I love Spotify Connect. I love being in the app. I love seeing all the recommendations. I love watching the uh, the ticker, the scroll on the side, watching and listen, seeing what all my friends are listening to yeah. constantly. And it's funny, you, you find specific friends that you want to click on whatever they're listening to. That experience, that transition has to feel seamless as you come into the home. And then the other, the other point, you know, to what Paul's saying about performance, um, 
I think, I think all generations are demanding not just better sounding product. If you can show it to them, they want great looking product as well. You're seeing a huge boom in products that look good and sound good. So I think industrial design is important. I think this seamless transition from on the go to in the home is important. And I also think, I mean, not to make a plug here for Savant, but I think that, you know, a client who's buying a system like what's behind Paul, you know, when you buy a big stack of Magico and, and Macintosh, there's no reason that client doesn't want lighting control to go along with that. They don't, that client wants the whole experience where everything experience, works at yeah. home in, in tandem. I'd imagine, Paul, uh, you know, a, a significant percentage of your Macintosh sales include lighting at this point. Yeah, I mean, so like this room is, you can't see it in my camera, but this is full <laughs> USAI deployment, full colored lighting. So when someone comes in here and they want to sit and enjoy a, a very expensive audio experience, they're not just getting the sound experience, they're getting the comfort, you know, they're, the mood is being set. So yes, absolutely, Steve, like it's not just about the audio, it's about yeah. tying all the performance together. And I'll, I'll add one more thing I saw today because it's so relevant to what we're talking about. I just saw, I think Ryan Donaher from Meridian posted it. Um, it looked like it was a Spotify hi-fi ad, but it was an interview with Billy Eilish and Phineas, her brother. And they're straight up to two minutes talking about hi-fi and why they record the way they do and how they want their listeners to hear every bit of how they recorded it. And I was like, here's a young girl, right? Like a really young girl who's super talented speaking the gospel of what you know guys our age you know are thinking about when it comes to how we want to listen to music so it was such a great moment to be like you know that hopefully spoke to those generations right like even artist, one who you love is telling you this is the way you know this is what we want to do and she's one of the best connectors on that experience Paul. i agree i mean i've, I've watched her a lot yeah. i listen to a lot of her music i love her music and when you and when you play that on a great system and you really get immersed by it you know, it's, it's amazing. I think that goes back to the point about, you know, it's so important today, more than ever, I think, to try and get that experience um, into the home, you know, and into people's lives, you know, and whether it's Gen X, as I said, or an X, or an X or a Y, you know, it's such such a, you know, we, we have a, a working group here at Audio Control that basically allows us to work with, you know, our millennials and, and our, in fact, our director of supply chain is a millennial himself and he leads that group for us. You know, one of the things about that is, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but, you know, you don't want people who think they know what they're doing, you know, who've been in the industry necessarily for 30 years, necessarily making those decisions. You know, and I think getting people who are passionate about this, people who are in that age group as well, is key to this. So that goes back to partly the education, but partly the, the experience of having the right people involved. I know from our experience at Audio Control that, you know, a, a significant portion of our higher-end audio products are going into family homes and are being used by you know, those groups of individuals who are really looking for that new experience. The other piece of that is gaming. We shouldn't forget gaming. You know, gaming, gaming obviously is primarily driven by, you know, by headphones and headsets and so on. But we're seeing that start to leak really into the home as well. People are loving seeing, you know, a great screen with an amazing entertainment experience through gaming as well. And getting the audio performance um, from that is a, is a big piece of this. But. Paul, Paul, how often do you see gaming as an opportunity in your projects? Quite often. Yeah, quite. It's, and it's more and more now, right? Again, same, you know, post-COVID world. It's like it, families, we're doing a project now where it's like they're taking an entire guest suite in the house and turning it into like the game area for multiple kids, right? Because they have multiple kids homes stuck in the same place and they can't game together, God forbid, right? They'd be, you know, beating each other up. 
So it's now it's, you know, what used to be one room that might've had one TV. Now they're building two different surround systems, two different gaming stations, two different audio systems. And uh, those are the funny, these kids in particular, they're really into uh, their video, right? They want high quality displays for what they're doing. They already own high quality headphones. Um, so in some cases we're not getting audio sales from it, but uh, it's still, it, it's, it's, it makes me happy because we're at least seeing these are young kids, right? Not even teenagers in some cases that understand that they need a better quality display to have a better gaming experience. Right. Well, the gaming world has got good education on that. I feel like. We just put, uh, we work with a dealer in Northern California who just put two gaming rooms into two young you know, rap artists home who actually the homes are next door to each other. It's quite interesting story. I can't say who, but, but they, uh, they just put two gaming rooms into your point ball, you know, and uh, I haven't been in the rooms, but I've seen pictures and so on, and I've heard about the experience. And you know, that's not for everybody, I get it, you know, but you can take a subset of that into most people's homes if you want to. Yeah, Bob, if I were to summarize though, I mean, your core question is how do we get acceptance across all these different generations? It's, there's so much, the market data out there today is so sophisticated. You can look at market data and you can look at demographic data and you can find convergences there. And if you're paying attention to that, you can find just you can find gold and find really good product opportunities that really speak to all, all of these these different constituencies. Uh, yeah, and the other the other side, sorry, Bob, the other side is, you know, from as from an integrator perspective, is of course the marketing, right? Like I, you know, I follow everybody in the industry. I try to follow as many other integrators and and the vendors and you know. Same thing. I'm looking at the metrics, like Steve saying. I think a lot of people are just on there, just posting, 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 and they're not looking like, do people care about this? Do people care about what you're posting? You know, if your intention is to just show what you're doing, great. But if your intention is to better your business, better the in industry, better the experience for the customers, you've got to really look at these metrics, you know, and, and we see it a lot too. You know, there's certain products I can post a picture of and get engagements, you know, get conversions, get calls to the store. Um, and that's just us as a small integrator doing that. If the global scale was doing this, you know, manufacturer, integrator, you know, industry, you know, media industry, um, we'd see a lot more adoption, I think, you know, along with the education, of course. There's something, I, I, oh, so good. sorry. Go I, I was going to say, guys, I, I think the education is a very important part of, um, growing the industry, uh, you, you know, boomers and, NX to a certain level understand the value of a nice stereo system because you know you know people of that age or those ages come from an era in which audio was still very important. Younger people these days they have distractions like the internet and gaming and and whatever else that that they're into. And I think uh, audio as a category is fighting with those other um, products. Um, for younger people's attention and um, yes and no. I, I mean, I, I, look, I go to, I still go to the coffee shop down the street from our house and saw Gen Z baristas there and they find that they, they all figured out what I do for a living. And they're always asking me what head headphones should I buy next? But it's headphones no. though, right? It's not like well, they're in an apartment they're or they're sharing a house. Yeah, No, I, I perfectly yeah. understand that. One of the things that we've done at CE Pro, we have a lot of millennials in the office. I'm one of the old guys that walks around in the office, but- Target um, 38, Bob. 
<laughs> but um, we, we've done these series of videos like blind listening tests where we'll compare formats like vinyl versus CD, streaming versus high res and, and whatnot. And it was pretty eye opening in a lot of these videos. And they're, they're up on the Seat Pro um, YouTube page. So they're, they're, they're available. But in a lot of the cases in the various videos we had done, they weren't really surprised for an example that how good CD sounded. They're used to, you know, lossy music from Spotify or Apple or, or whoever, and they were blown away at how good uh, CDs sounded or um, they, they, they had never been introduced to high-res audio. So when we played them uh, high-res from Tidal, uh, you know, that with MQA, they were really blown away as to how good that content sounded versus even like CD quality. I think I think we've we've done exactly the same thing. And one of the you know I agree with the education piece, but the education piece can't just be marketing because no one you know you can't get audio from a piece of paper. You know that's the reality. You know, and I think there's a there's an opportunity, and, and you know, we're all working on it in different ways. To your point about what you did in the office, and we're doing this now with with, with dealers in the field, starting to figure how do you bring the audio experience? How do you actually play something in someone's normal home and then take them somewhere else or play something different that really makes them realize because. Most people think, you know, most Gen Xs, most millennials listen to music in their car, listen to the music. And we have, a, you know, we have a big car side that transforms the experience of the car, you know, and the look on people's faces in the car, in the work that Paul does, you know, when the goosebumps start going and they start, you know, getting excited by it and you start and you just see them light up, right? That's the education piece that we need. And it's not easy. You can't just take everybody into a different experience in the live event, but that's the place to go, you know, and I think if we can do more of that, right, continue to push that as we're all, I think all three of us are trying to do that, right, that's a major opportunity because nothing beats the goosebump. That's what we say here, nothing beats the goosebump. Yeah, yeah, we sell, Alex, that's beautiful. Like we sell, and I think I had this, Bob and I had a, a conversation a few weeks ago and it was like, I choose my systems and I sell by emotional response. Yeah. The more of an emotional response I have to a system, the more I'm going to sell that system and the more clients are going or end users are going to buy it. Like that's what we need to sell. That's not what we're out there educating. And that's what we need to be educating. Yeah, it's that, like that, the experience. That, that transfer of enthusiasm. And, but, you know, speaking yeah. to, you know, you guys all touched on, you know, the need for more marketing and these experiments with millennials in terms of sound. I mean, we just, we just scored last the week before last um spotify announced they're going to start streaming in cd quality that is going to yep. be a huge market opportunity for us because you're going to have all of these spotify users out there that want to know what that means and what kind of products should i be looking at that are going to benefit from this so i, I that yeah. is one of the most exciting things that i saw in my newsfeed in the last 10 days and then yesterday riaa announced you know annual vinyl sales up 30 percent again year over year so records just keep climbing back. And that's another exciting category. And, you know, at Savant, we're looking, I mean, we announced at uh, our integrator summit that we're going to be bringing turntables to the market before the end of this year. And we're looking at existing products that we make right now. And how can we take those products and use those existing products to leverage the analog experience across the home? So really exciting times. Yeah. Yeah. I think to touch on, to, to finish that segment, Bob, I think it's, it's, education and experience right like and one of the conversations we also had was like people a lot of people were asking not just you and, and other people in the industry but like why build a hi-fi store now right when they're going you know more and more of them are going out of business like we're doing both 
right? Successfully. But what we can do with having a space like this is show that emotional response is give that to someone, right? Am I going to build a business around just this room? Absolutely not. But are we going to continue, you know, selling high performance and educating people and giving them those experience because we have a space to do it? Thousand percent. Right? I think and it, it sets us apart. Your, your point, Paul, I mean, I think there's also, you know, there, there's an amount of discretionary income out there, you know, and candidly through COVID that's grown. Not all groups, I get it, but for many groups, you know, so they are able to decide on where they want to spend their cash. And generally people, you know, in the past have, to Paul's point, I think I agree, you know, have downplayed the audio sign or something. They, they bought the sign bar, they bought the, you know, the, the receiver that perhaps was just the, the, the $800 receiver because it was good enough sort of thing, you know, and it's really about turning that, that experience into a great experience, not just an okay experience. And I think to Paul's point again, you know, we're seeing that happen now. We're seeing the fact that People need that, but if they sit in a room like the listening rooms we have, like Paul has, you know, and they and they experience that mind-blowing change in audio, or they sit in a great car and hear a difference in there, right? They'll spend more because they want to get that experience. There's, there's a, you know, even a slight degree of audio FOMO in some ways. Yeah, yeah. But Paul, Paul, your new store, the way you remodeled that, it's it it is. It, it's very attractive to any generation of customer. And, you know, you, you, you asked this rhetorical question, why would anyone open up a hi-fi store today when so many hi-fi stores are going out of business? Great time. Great time. It's yeah. a great time. Well, you know, look at, look, at the, look at the competitors, Paul, that you're up against who are struggling, right? They sell streaming audio, but they don't sell networks. It, it, would, be, it would be like if you sold turntables and you didn't sell cartridges. And so it's like a car without an engine at this point. Yeah. So you, you know, in, in, you know, to speak to what, you know, how do we gain acceptance? You need, you need to build, you need to build a, there was, I, I wish I could remember who told me this. This is like 25 years ago when I was in retail, it was a manufacturer. And the manufacturer said to me that think of the, think of the showroom as your theater and you were the actor and all of this, the componentry are there props in your act. And when, when somebody goes into some of these, these older stores that are, that are struggling, they, their, their, their theater, their stage, their performance, the, the props, they're not completely relevant. And this is part of the challenge that those stores have in terms of gaining market acceptance with all of these, these different customers that we're talking about, these different generations. But if I were to walk into Paul's store, if I were to send a buddy of mine from high school into Paul's store or a buddy of my, my buddy's kid from high school, like they, it wouldn't matter if they, were, if they were 20, if they were 40, or if they were 65. They would feel they feel comfortable and juiced up in Paul's store. So part of that market acceptance is building the appropriate the appropriate stage and, and putting on the appropriate performance. And so we saw yeah. last year we saw I think something like thirty percent growth in the number of demo installations that we supplied on the high end audio side. People like Paul and wow. so on, who are basically dealers that during COVID I think recognize that now is the time not just to to spend time increasing you know improving our demo experience. But also it's needed, you know, it's not just about catching up, it's needed, you know. And you know, that was a big part of the second half of the year for us was actually supplying product to dealers to actually to update their demo theaters and their rooms and so on. Alex and, and Steve, I'll ask you both this. Do you think that uh, working with dealers to make it uh, these demo systems more accessible is a big key to elicit the response that Paul and, and dealers are looking for to, to, uh, to elicit that uh, visceral response from consumers to get them emotionally involved. Big, big time, big time. I mean, it's probably one of the things that we, you know, from a marketing point of view that we spend most on, which is discounting for demo rooms and, and experiences. Um, 
we we do probably well last year we had thirty percent, okay, thirty forty percent nearly uh, increase in demo funding, right, to, to dealers. Okay, and I've been out well seeing a lot of locally. I haven't travelled too much in the last years, um, but the experiences we're getting, what we're seeing on YouTube from those dealers, has been a transformation for many of them. You know, some some would say they should have caught up many t- a long time ago, but many right are actually doing it for the experiential side that Paul just talked about, where they want to bring people in to have that experience, and also. There's a degree of, you know, I can't go into someone's home like I used to, perhaps, to some extent. And I can't really take the audio experience into someone's home where I'd want to. I have to take them somewhere. And you know, why not bring them to me and enjoy that experience as well? Yeah, there's there's a direct correlation with our integrators. There's a direct correlation between what they sell and what they have on display in their showroom. Even even if Paul, Paul doesn't have somebody coming into a showroom, if, if Paul and his team or any of our integrators and their teams are socializing with a product, and they're using it and they love it and it gets them excited. And when they're doing their system designs, they're listening to music on that system. That's the system they want to specify. So yeah, at Savant, we're really bullish on, you know, um, on demo systems. And we, you know, we, we have a generous program for our integrators so that they can put what products are relevant to them into their marketplace. They can put that into their showroom and demonstrate that. So yeah, what is that? What the demonstration is, whether the demonstrations for the integrator themselves, just living with it or the demonstrations being used for the clients, it's incredibly important to us. There's another thing I just want to touch on with what Steve said is there's an aspect of entertainment, aspect of audio that I think drives this almost more than anything in our, our opinion, and it's bass, you know, and bringing bass into the music, bringing bass into the experience. And, you know, it's just been fascinating for us in the last year. We've launched several amplifiers and many other different bass products. And when you bring bass into it, music, music to this is an exaggeration, but music is nothing without bass. It, you know, it's, fun, it's, it's, that, it's what's, what's interesting about that, Alex, is one of the one of the categories that we saw the most growth in last year was in one of our one of our subwoofer products. Saw so just extraordinary growth. Yeah, last yeah, yeah. 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 No, same. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I think I think taking that experience of bass into into this this experiential side that Paul's talking about and Steve mentioning is a key part as well. I mean, it's um, that alone can be a selling tool, an experiential tool. Yeah, and I'll, I'll piggyback on that quick, just from the integrator perspective. There's two amazing companies to deal with, you know, for all you integrators out there. If you're not, I mean, you can't see my entire showroom here, but if, a lot of you have probably seen the videos we put out. I mean, we have a Savant Experience Center. I mean, it's literally a New Jersey Experience Center for Savant. And we could not have done that without Savant having the program that they had to make this happen, right? Like, they went deep with us, right? And if you're not familiar, get in touch with Steve or get in touch with your reps and talk to those guys. Because, you know, as much as we talk about audio to kind of Steve's earlier point, like it's gotta be easy to use and it has to be automated. And that's what you see the minute you walk in my door. You don't walk in our door and see this stuff. You walk in and see a show space, you know? You see shades, you see lights, you see TVs. And the first thing we show is the automation. Then we get into, you know, the other components. So. Yeah, talk to your, you know, talk to Alex, talk to Steve if you're out there and you're thinking about building a space because there are a lot of good vendors, manufacturers out there willing to yeah. uh, help you build out your spaces for sure. Thanks, Paul. And we, we you know, we, we love working with you. And, and to Paul's point, you know, we, all of us, Steve and I, I mean, we will discount pretty heavily, believe me. We, we don't need to make money on demo rooms. We want the, the, the integrators to have those demo rooms, we want the right experience. And we want you to bring people into those, the Gen X's, the Y, you know, et cetera, and, and have that experience. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, 
we love demos. <laughs> yeah, and 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 to Paul, and to to compliment Paul too, you know, Paul, you had a real plan, right? You 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 didn't. This wasn't being designed. Your new store wasn't designed ad hoc. You had from step one into the store, yeah. the whole customer journey. You had the whole thing mapped out, not just in your head, but like you had a beautiful presentation on what this experience is going to feel like and what the cast of characters were going to be, whether it's Macintosh or it's Savant or it's audio control. But you had it like it was it was brilliant. So it was really easy for us to get buy-in and want to make that investment. But before I move on to my next question, guys, Paul, I'd like to ask you specifically, uh, since we've talked about this, um, but it's a two-part question. The first part is what are you doing exactly to make your demos to your clients uh, so emotionally involving and um, so beneficial ultimately to your business. And secondly, how are you marketing? Uh, and we alluded to this earlier to uh, your local area customers with the things that you are doing like videos. How does that work for you? Okay. Uh, so the first part, I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough question, but I'll, I'll start by saying this, like understanding your customer and asking the right questions to understand what it is that they're actually looking for is step one, right? Like I would never, it's harder, but sometimes people do just walk in off the street and you have to try and figure out what it is that they're looking for. I can't just go, Hey, check out my Magico speakers. You know, like they're going to be like, how much do those cost? Okay. Bye. Nice. Nice to see you. Um, it's really an interview, right? Like you should be interviewing customers. And if you haven't done that, I'm going to use the term interview, and gotten some piece of information to help you decide which way I turn next in my space, then you're failing, right? Then as a sales pitch, you failed because you have no idea what they want, what they're looking for and how to steer them. Um, so I hope we keep saying the word education, even in this thing, it's an education that I have to get from that customer and to understand what it is in which direction I should push them, which in a space like this is cheating because we have everything, right? So they could walk in and go, ooh, chairs. I was looking for chairs. Ooh, shades, ooh, lights, you know, but I'll let them do that, you know, and then we'll get to the point where we start our journey through the space and we start talking about different things. And then eventually maybe we end up in this room and I say, Hey, have you thought about performance audio? You know, like, and then we, we go through that. So um, it's having that plan set. And like, I'm sure both of these guys have when they do demos or when they're at Cedia doing, you know, a room, it's like, you have a plan, you know, what you're going to say to me, as an, as an integrator, how you're going to get me to buy that product or get me excited or induce that emotional response so that I'm interested, whether it's from a tech perspective or from you know, a performance perspective. Um, and on the marketing side for us, you know, we, we've always gone at Instagram, Instagram pretty hard, right? And Instagram was, I, I've kind of seen as pretty good from like the 25 to 55 range. Um, and we target ads, you know, people that aren't, that don't understand this, like, you know, we can put out a video on Instagram, right? It could be on YouTube. It could be something pro. It could be even a quick thing. I'm targeting those videos and I'm targeting to specific areas with specific criteria, right? Are they into audio? Are they into video? Are they into interior design? And I'm creating those promotions based on that because for me to put out a video that just goes all over the world to get likes does me no good, right? It doesn't do electronic concepts any good. That's just, then I'm just Insta famous which is not my goal in life, right? Like that doesn't turn into anything for us as a company or me as a person. What I want is conversions, right? I wanna know that we've put something out into the ether. This is this cool product or this cool experience that we believe in and that we love. 
And I want people to see that and I want them to contact us for that, right? That helps me, that helps Savant and Audio Control, it helps the industry as a whole. Um, and there's a map for that, you know? Instagram and YouTube are the two that I use the most, yeah. right? YouTube has been a recent one for us last couple of months since we did all those like pro video shoots. But uh, I looked yesterday, I think the showroom tour video we have is at like 130,000 views in just over a month. And that's targeted just in the tri-state area, that video. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Boy. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah. And the hi-fi one we did is at, I think, 80 or 90. And actually, it's probably close to 100,000 by today. And that's a hi-fi specific video where there's really nothing else in it other than this room. And the we could talk about metrics. I know Steve, I love it. He's a metric guy like I am. I will. I look through all the YouTube stuff and I can see where people watched it, how long they watched it, right? And like the average watch of our YouTube videos is like 85% of the video, which is huge. It means they got the, we got their attention and they're sticking around until like we're phasing out, you know, we're phasing out of the video. So you can not only get work from that, but you can use those metrics to figure out your next video, right? They were into this, they weren't into that. Okay. My last question for the entire panel is, what should consumers expect in terms of a user experience um, and um, what in terms of user experience are products lacking today when we think about modern audio products? And I'll start with you, Steve. Ease of use and, and, and that transition from on the go to in the home, that, that transition has to feel, it has to feel seamless. Right. I move what I'm doing in my car and what I'm doing on the go and what I'm doing in a home have to, there needs to be, there needs to be a relationship there. So that's really important. It's also, it's gotta be easy to set up. It's, it's, it's gotta be intuitive to use. Right. When I take something out of the box and I set it up, if I'm setting it up on my own, it's gotta feel easy. And you know, our products are more of a do it for me. Right. So from that perspective, when Paul and his team take products out of the box, they have to be very easy and intuitive to use and to set up. Right. And then that user experience that the, the homeowner finally winds up with, that's got to feel great. It's got to look great. It's got to feel great. It's got to be intuitive. And it's also got to be empowering. Right. The, the homeowner wants to be able to make decisions and the homeowner wants to be able to create settings and scenes, you know, as they interpret their home experience. So I think I think the big thing is obviously the user experience, which is what we're all about at Savant. Right. We, we invest considerably in our UI. But there's also just that seamlessness as I move in and out of the home that's critical. And then the, the, you, you, cannot, you cannot emphasize enough performance. The product has to wow. It's gotta just, it's gotta blow people's minds when they, when they see it, when they hear it, when they experience it every time, it's gotta just dazzle and delight. Okay, Alex, and your thoughts? Yeah, I, I would add on um, you know, integration, right? Ease of integration is key to this, the way that uh, the different products work together i mean i think certainly the seamless approach to that is, is is vital i think also backwards and forwards compatible i mean you know more and more you know our, our, i mean all of our products now are backwards and forwards compatible and people want that more and more they don't want to buy a product and then find out in four years it's completely obsolete they want to be able to continue to to build a platform build a experience in the home so i think that's a key point and then the user the user experience you know whether it's on their the iPhone, the iPad, and how that integrates into all of our products and into what's, what Paul's doing, you know, throughout his projects is key. You know, we work closely with Savant, obviously, on the integration of, of their, uh, their, their command protocols in our products. So having that being, being invisible, as we say, to the consumer and to the, to, is important. Um, and then I think just goes back once again to that, 
that experience, you know, the, the user, you know, wants to experience, wants to believe in it, wants to love it, wants the goosebumps, doesn't want to worry about, you know, how it got there, you know, and, you know, whether, you know, we, we talk about ER, can we talk about all these different, you know, protocols and so on, you know, which are really important to that experience, but the most important thing is to make it seamless, integrated, and um, fantastic. Okay, Paul, if you could um, uh, share your thoughts and, and close us out for today. Yeah, I think that's the, these guys both have it hit it on the head, right? It's got to be seamless. Um, I think my, my view on it from the outside and kind of my, you know, my colorful view on some of these things is we just need to stop selling boxes, right? right? If it feels like we're selling boxes, then we've lost. And I think we're, we're still trying to find our way. Like, Automation has come so far in the last 10, 15 years that it's like, there's just so many boxes, right? We need to make sure that we're putting the boxes in, but we're also keeping that emotional response or the goosebumps, like Alex says. And, you know, people do get goosebumps from automation, not just audio, right? You know, when the shades go down and the lights go on, the theater starts. Like it's sell experience, don't sell products. No. You know, like use the products you need to create the experiences, but don't look at it like I'm just selling products. And I think a lot of our industry is doing that. It's we've just lost any kind of emotional response to what we're doing. We're just putting stuff in, you know, and yes. I would, I think we've been successful and I, you know, I'm, we're not a huge company, you know, but I think we do a good job by our clients and by our manufacturers because we are selling based on yeah. that experience, not just based on putting boxes out, you know, Paul's well, a great example of that. Definitely. I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your day. This topic could go on forever. Mm -hmm. And at some point I'd like to revisit it, uh, the topic and maybe expand on some of the things that we've spoken about already, or maybe throw in something new because uh, we probably missed something and we'll probably say afterwards, Hey, why didn't we talk about this? But I want to thank you guys for taking part in this CE pro podcast for today. And I want to wish you all a great weekend and a great day. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, so Thanks much, for Bob. Having me. Good to see you Thank guys. Thank you guys. Yeah. See you guys. Great to see you all.